What's going on, Mark? Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing pretty good. Went on a date the other day. Did you? Yeah, I did. I did. And everything was going really, really good until uh, yeah. I found out they had mono. Ooh. Uh, and, ooh. And they couldn't cook. Oh, God. They can't cook either? No, nope, they couldn't cook. So, I mean, that right, that alone, I just I just can't, you know, what's, what's the point? What's the point? It, what's the point? Yeah. You know, not like, you know, you probably went out to dinner at the restaurant where you had the date, but hey. If she can't cook, there's no way, absolutely no way that she can ever be with me. It's just that it's just how it is. I'm sorry. It's the rules. Wow. This got rather sexist. Welcome, everybody. Super sexist. Welcome, everybody, to Dangle Podcast. Welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is your weekly sexist podcast where every week I, Mark, and my good buddy. Johnny. We sexistly discuss sexist topics about King of the Sexist Hill. That's right, Johnny. They're called breasts. Deal with it. <laughs> Sorry, I got that, weird. Nope. Thank ah, you for that. A, it's a weekly King of the Hill podcast where we uh, cover two episodes of King of the Hill. And we talk about its flaws and we talk about where it shines and sparkles and talk about why we loved it, how it shaped us. And then we hit it with our patented rating system, which I'm told has the greatest song ever for rating songs. Who could say? I don't know. Uh, they're just going to have to listen to some of our other episodes, I think. I think so, because <laughs> doing that shit twice. Fair you enough. You want to jump into it, buddy? Yeah, man. Uh, so our first episode this week is going to be episode 26, I Remember Mono. Uh, original air date... Episode 26. We're already on 26 episodes of this, Johnny. Isn't that amazing? It is insane to me. I, yeah. I'm so proud of us, man. This is like the most I've actually paid attention to anything since... Got ever. I, yeah. Like, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Can our, you imagine if we put this much effort into our, like, work or family lives or I can, withhold the tender emotions? I can just imagine where you and I would be academically if we put this much effort, even half of this, into the sort of shit we used to study. Like... We'd be masters. At this point, we'd, we'd already be masters, like oh, double yeah. masters probably. We'd be on the yeah. PhD track for sure with Josh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd even go so far as to say we'd probably eclipse him just a touch. Just because. <laughs> All righty. Well, we have an original air date of February 8th, 1998. Um, All right. Our cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, Joseph, and Nancy Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bill Dotrieve, Maddie Platter, Min Supernusampone, uh, Amy Edlin, who is a guest star. Mark, do you know who does the voice of Amy Edlin? I do not. Uh, do you want to guess? Oh. <laughs> You're I, also allowed to say I do not. I, I, I don't know. Glenn Close. I, I got nothing. I didn't even pick up she was a guest star. She is. It's and a- I guess I should have. Because she doesn't sound identical to Nancy while Peggy's talking to her. But <laughs> it's hey. Very true. Um, it is one Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, okay. And eighties heartthrob. We would remember her from such films as what? Uh She's in like every Kevin Smith thing, right? No, that's a different 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 person. No, that's, that's Joey Lawrence. <laughs> And, also, well, and Jennifer Swalback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Jennifer Jason Lee is in that one movie with Judge Reinhold and uh, that one really cute dark haired girl that comes out of the, the the pool and takes her bra off and yada, yada, yada in slow mo. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's the one. Yep. See? See? 
Yep. Yep, she's in that. Oh, she's also in The Hateful Eight. I'm dumb. She's in The Hateful Eight, man. Like, the one oh, female in the okay. whole movie. You said Jennifer's Jason Lee, right? I'm yep. I'm looking this up. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm curious, too. Because I thought for sure she was in more stuff, but maybe I'm... She had a really big uh, big thing in, like, the 80s. And then she kind of died yeah, out for a I little think... bit, and then she came back, and... Yeah. Yeah. You... Well, I don't know. It's It's not important, I guess, but... Okay, cool. So yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee is our... All right. Yep, she's one of our cameos. Our other cameo is Carrie uh-huh. Strug. <laughs> was that actually her? It actually was, and you can bet your ass she's in my retro reference rage, because until this episode, I had no idea who she was. Uh, <laughs> we also have a character okay. named Becky, apparently. Don't remember her. Okay. And uh, Hoyt Becky's Platter. the woman in Peggy's office, right? Yep, that's the one. I know. Now I remember her. Yeah. Uh, and then this is uh, written by our good pal, Paul Lieberstein. Paul Lieberstein, okay. And let's see, Paul Lieberstein, uh, he doesn't write too many more after this. Uh, he does Deconstructing Henry, um, Not in My Back Ho. Which one is that? Um, it's a it's a Con and Hank episode. Decon- Deconstructing yeah, 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 yeah. Henry. Yeah, no, I just, I just can't, I just can't place it. That's, that's weird. Yeah, does not in my back hoe with one Drew Carey, and he does spin Fantastic. the spin the choice, which is a wonderful, wonderful episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, you ready for a synopsis, right. Mark? Give it to me, buddy. Peggy discovers that the most romantic part of her and Hank's courtship is a lie, and Hank tries his hardest to show Peggy how much she means to him. Good enough. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. So this, yeah. I feel like this is the first episode in quite some time where we have an A and a B story. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I don't know. It's, it's not, not for a while now, yeah. It's been a minute, and I don't understand why they picked this episode to do it. Other than the fact that, like, oh, it's a holiday episode, and we could totally just make Bobby do something silly. Because, like, this yeah. story is good enough to just be an A story. I think at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but our ace. I think you need yeah. Bobby to break it up though, because Peggy gets real bitchy. Like, she does. You need you. I you know what? I I'm gonna go so far as to say no. Bobby's necessary because like, we really need something to take away from the, the insaneness that is Peggy later on in this episode. That's, she is yeah. straight up insane. Like, it's she is she is the Pippin to everybody else in Lord of the Rings. Or Bobby is. <laughs> Bobby is the Pippin to everybody else in Lord of the Rings at this point. Yes. Like, when shit gets real way, serious, what? you got Bobby in here just doing stupid shit. <laughs> Guy, you Dropping gotta love him. bodies down wells and... Yeah. <laughs> Dropping whooping cranes down wells and... <laughs> yes. Woo-loo-loo. Loo. Uh, let's get to some pros and cons, bud. <laughs> we hear drums in the dark. Woo-loo-loo. Loo. <laughs> they are coming they are coming. The dub is happening. <laughs> Pippin's head, the, the head falls crashing down the wheel. Whoa, that <laughs> hobbit ain't right. Um, Pippin, you giblet head. <laughs> oh, dang it. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to see Gand ha- Hank, Hank Dolph. Hank Dolph, yes. <laughs> oh. This is all free. Ma- okay. This is all free material for you people out there on Etsy that like to make really weird shit, like Pokemon King of the Hill crossovers. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's right there. It's all free. Just send us some cool shit. Screw that. We're 
We're taking drawing classes, Johnny. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's get into some pros and cons, buddy. Yeah, let's do her. Uh, um, go for it. What do you got? Uh, continuity. Continuity Check. is a pro. When Hank has his flashback, he is playing mm-hmm. football, which everybody knows. Mm-hmm. What is Peggy playing, Mark? Softball. She is playing softball. They kept it. They kept the through line. And I like it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember. I, we're gonna, when we come up to it a little bit later, I think it's the Luann Virgin 2.0 episode. She starts talking about when she was the new girl in town and the dude she slept with that ended up being gay. And I don't... Wayne Trotter. Wayne Trotter, thank you. Very cool, mm-hmm. like, plug right there. Like, way to go, dude. Pull that out of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> It Damn. Was Wayne Trotter. Um I I don't remember her ever other than this episode saying she went to Arlen West. I don't either, but I don't think it matters because we know they didn't go to the same school and we don't ever see them interacting outside. It's not like and I hate to always go back to Simpsons, but it's not like Homer and Marge where they both went to Springfield High School, so like they got to kind of coexist because Peggy came from Montana still, yes. right? Like, do we know that yet? Have we talked about that at all? No, I don't think so. Other than the fact yeah. like, like, no, because I was going to say we know her mom's in Montana, but at this point, her freaking mother isn't in Montana. Another, and also there's your red flag and your continuity play, maybe. I'm not sure. Yep. Because oh, yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know if it counts though. Like, we're going to call that the like, the twilight years when we're going to see that episode. Okay. And like, I don't know if we can get mad for continuity. There's, we can't get mad at continuity, like jumping the gun for it anyway. But anyway, that's my point. I don't know if it matters that uh, we don't really ever see West Arlen high again. I just think we have to see it once to, there it is. That's why. Sure. Well, I don't know if she very specifically says she goes to a different school or if the timeline gets screwed up. Maybe I'm just being way too picky, but eh. What, yeah, you're the, good. The continuity is there. She's playing softball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of my pros here have nothing to do with the A story. Okay. Uh, I love how jealous Connie gets. All the yeah. guys are sitting there talking about uh, Carrie Strug and everything else, and Connie just goes... Well, you know, she's 33 years old. They don't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like getting super catty. I It's amazing. And then we have one of our, our, our signature like blew the animation budget moments with the gymnastics mm-hmm. scene. Yep. Like, uh, that's how I felt. I felt like it was really well animated. That was their, yeah, that was their animation. Uh, yeah, that was their Goku fight for this episode. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have two more, and okay. one one is not going to take very long to talk about, but the other is, and I'm going to start with that one. Peggy has a very valid gripe with this with this show. Like she doesn't need to go over the edge like she does, but damn, does she have a valid gripe? Okay. You know, I I, I like the way I think it's very smartly written and delivered by Kathy Najimy. Of, you know what, I can forgive the lie, I can even forgive the act of what you did, but I can't forgive the fact that I no longer have the most romantic moment of our entire relationship. 
Okay. And like that hit me really hard. I have a lot of moments with my wife specifically. Uh, spoilers, guys. I, do, I don't actually date people like I did in the beginning of this episode. I have a wife. I've been happily married for almost 10 years. Um, I have a lot of very specific, beautiful memories with my wife from early on in our courtship. And like if any, if any one of those turned out to be like a, oh, yeah, that actually is not how this was ever supposed to happen. And I lied to you about it. I would be crushed. Yeah. Like, I would have a really, really hard time with that. And that's with as close as I am with my wife. So, I don't know. That, I That's fair. I felt like it, the pro in this is that it's very believable for Peggy to have that reaction. I just think she goes a little overboard with how she treats him in the end. But he gets yeah. super freaking lucky in the end. Oh, yeah, totally. It all just, like, dumbly pans out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, the last one I've got on here, it's an all in bold. Feels so good is their song. And I love okay. that. I got to throw a flag on that play, though. Okay. Okay, so so we're, we're kind of jumping a little bit ahead here, but, like, she talks about how Hank drank an entire uh, thing of champagne out of one of her shoes, right? <laughs> one of her pumps. Yeah. Gross to begin with, all right, fine, don't care. I don't want to think about Hank Hill in a foot fetish. I don't either. It's like, I just, I can't, we don't want to do that, we're not doing that. But like, um, she says that he was singing her that Chuck Mangione song. The song is feels good, it feels so good. So, did he just like scream it at her like as a trumpet? Maybe, because it no has, lyrics there is no lyrics, song. yeah. Yeah, so is Hank just... Blah, 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 tell you what, like, I, I, I don't know, that just, it stuck with me, I don't, I don't know, I, it, and not even, like, throwing flags or anything, because whatever, I'm not gonna get shitty with it, Sure, sure. maybe, maybe there are lyrics that I don't know about, because I don't listen to enough Chuck Mangione. Oh no, but, I've listened to that song way too many times, there are zero lyrics. That's, that's what I thought, because I feel like I've listened to it a couple thousand times but, at this point, but yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. So, that's what I got for pros, man. You got anything else? Oh, let's see some pros. Number one, Johnny, did you eat your butter this morning? Because it's loaded with vitamin A. (laughs) The last thing I need is more butter in my diet. (laughs) Um, I think that Teenage Hank is really, really cute. I think he's adorable and precious, and he's just funny. I, I don't know. I... Every time that we see Hank in the flashback here, I just think he's adorable. I love Teenage Hank. I it's, did. It, it's really one of the best. Both of them, really. Like, they, I like Teenager, both of them, if that makes sense. But I really, really like Hank. And I have the hiccup, hiccups, excuse me. You're good. Uh, I did notice that the model for Teenage Hank does not have his, like, signature cheek jowls. Yeah. Like, they disappear. It's just something he developed as he got older. Yeah, you get old and fat. He did. He did. But, yeah. no, like, I'm right there with you. I really like Teenage Hank. Every time they bring him back up, usually he is just, he laughs a lot more. He's a little bit more, like, got a lot more energy. He's fun to yeah. watch. It's very easy yeah, to see how, how Peggy fell for him. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of confidence in that man. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much all I got. I don't have a lot of cons. I just, there's a lot in this episode and I don't know if there's like, 
I don't know. I like this episode, I think, as a blanket term, but I don't have a lot of standouts for me, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a lot of cons for this. I do have... Uh, my biggest con here is Maddie Platter. And it's not just the... Okay. It's not the continuity thing here. I, I don't like her as a character. I don't think she's very likable at all. Even as, like, yeah. the grandma that shows up to go and be Bobby's date at the end. Like, I don't know. She just seems like... She seems like the old old lady down the street with 20 cats that has never gotten laid, let alone had a kid. <laughs> okay. You know, somebody walks up to you and says, uh, you will not use contractions in my house. No, screw that. Get over get over yourself. Nope. That shit does not okay. exist anymore. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, I, no, not uh, anymore, but like, God, this would have been, what, 1950-something? In the 70s, yeah. 60s, 70s, yeah. But she like, would have grown up in the 50s, so... I mean, sorry, like, that was my point, not Peggy's... No, 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 you're, sorry, you're, yeah. no, you, you're you right. You got me, you got me. So, like, I, I guess I can kind of give that... It's a little bit more believable. I don't know, it just bugs the shit out of me. My grandma was born in 1926, and she has never once yelled at me for using a contraction. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, maybe that's just my life. Um, and the other con I've got here, and it's just kind of a... a blanket con for all all intents and purposes hank and peggy the yeah. stories where they're just fighting are just some of my least favorites mm-hmm. because this isn't a good fight it's not the punch fight we got or, or the like super punchy fight we got in texas city twister right this is like okay so help me out with this because maybe i'm maybe i'm the asshole johnny I, they're both they're both wrong right right Peggy was lying to hank about it like the only reason the story's cute and works is because he never found out that she's a garbage cook and she essentially tricked him into, you know, what, 15 years of married life that he didn't know that that's what he was getting into. Like, right. So, but but she's mad at him because he got sexually assaulted because, let's call it, Hank got sexually assaulted and she's mad at him for it. Right. I don't know. I, 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 get, I, I get your point of, like, you do have those moments with your wife and I definitely have them with mine too, but like, it's just different. I don't know. I feel like you can't get mad when your lie is also based on someone else's lie. You know what I mean? That's true. I don't know. I was always under the impression that she told him relatively quickly, like, Hey, by the way, that first time I was supposed to make you dinner, I totally trashed it. So I'm so glad that you had your, like a, like a hurt back. I yeah, thought she was open she pretty was early. she was off the hook for it. Right. Yeah, no, she was off the hook for it. And then Hank, then she bought that Hank had a bad back, so Hank got off the hook for it too. So you can't like, you 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 just you both lie about it, and then you both just kind of like drive over the dead dog and pretend that neither one of you hit it. Like right, right. God, that's graphic. You know what I'm? I know, but you just you know I didn't know that kid was in the in the road. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. But I didn't drown your boy. Um. I don't know. No, that's fair. I also have a couple. I have. I got a couple cons. Let's hear them. So the audio. Maybe it's just me, but my audio was really bad. Like, I don't. It honestly just kind of reminded me of like a season one episode where like the first couple where the the audio has a super harsh quality and it doesn't fit. It doesn't work because the animation is very clearly concurrent with the time frame but right. on my end the audio was super bad and it kind of threw me out of it not threw me out but i noticed it i definitely noticed that also nancy's a bitch 
Um, I'm yes. just gonna come out and say it. Um, <laughs> and then my biggest comment this episode is Peggy herself because I get it. I get why she's upset. But then, but then she call, poses as a telemarketer, finds out where this woman works, and then visits her in her place of work. And now we get into this like secondary phase of Peggy, where Peggy's insanely strong, and we kind of get that, but we don't because she still can pull her groin, lift and Bobby. But she can break. Those are beef ribs, like yeah. <laughs> like if she's gonna, yeah, she hauls off and just goes straight up Rocky Balboa on that side of beef, like damn. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that, and then we have another weird Luann moment where Luann has another skill. Okay. Because you see her processing the beef carcass in the garage. Yep. How the hell does she know how to do that? Well, because... The I'll... only one of that house that even knows anything about, like, meat preparation, not, like, cooking it, but, like, butchery, would be Hank probably for field dressing game and stuff, but... Nah, man. No way. No way in hell. Sorry. I was going to say, it's like redneck tradition to go out and shoot shit. So I would imagine that at some point, Hoyt has taken her hunting and that she has field dressed a a, a buck or two. Can you? Okay. Okay, I'll buy that. But yeah. Okay. Now, this is all hearsay because, well, Buck is a very absent father and we don't know a lot about him. Not Buck. Oh, my God. Hoyt. Hoyt, thank you. Said the word buck and got myself on a whole little tangent here. You're good, buddy. He's my daddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Ah, change your teeth. Sorry, buddy. Huh. It's too You're good. Fine. It's too good. Too good. I'd be mad if you didn't. And then also, um, I, nah, I don't know. I don't even know if it's a if it's a con, but it's just kind of a bitch. Digitizing records seems like a weird thing to do for high school students that are 20 years old. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I yes. don't know. It's such a weird, like, and I get it. It has Who? to be that way. But, like, why would you even, like, outsource to Peggy? She's a substitute teacher, not, I don't know. It does. I'm getting hung up on it, and I shouldn't. I should just take it for granted that that's what we're doing. This is the premise, but it sticks me. Who needs to see the permanent records of somebody 20 years after they're out of high school? That's my, that's what I'm saying. Like they don't. They... Yeah, like you make a very valid point. This is a plot device, yes, but it's a very poorly planned one. But there's no way we could have gotten. Here. Well, I'm sure there is, but it'd be tough to get to this point without it. You know. I don't. I no, and I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And here, here is my like not even ten seconds of trying to improv something. Okay. Bobby can come home with mono. Okay. Like, the episode can start with Bobby coming home with Mono from uh-huh. some stupid thing like sharing his drink with Joseph. Okay. Right? Because it's Valentine's Day. And yeah, you kind of kill the B story that way. But it's very much like, well, Hank could bring up, oh, yeah, uh, b- by the way. Like, he could finally just fess up to it right then and there. You don't need the weird plot device of digitizing records. Yeah. But, I don't know. Could be. I, I don't know. That's I, a, I feel <laughs> it was a weird sticking point for me. And again, I I got to quit looking at it through like twenty twenty one lens and nineteen ninety six lens. But you know, right? Yeah. What else you got, buddy? Um. Well, uh, I don't have anything else. I could do some retro rage if you want. Lay it on me. So, Mark, I still to this day I know that Carrie Strug is 
Uh, she was apparently a tiny little gymnast, and she apparently broke her leg. Uh-huh. And I'm guessing she won a medal. That's all I know, man. Like, who the hell is Carrie Strug? Carrie Strug was an American gymnast who had a broken leg and, like, got a gold medal or something at some Olympic because she still planted on that broken... It's the super... You Olympics were this year, and I don't know dick about the Olympics, but even I know this one. Like, it's a super famous video. She does the vault off the beam or whatever. Or she does, like, the vault and lands it, and then she, like, barely kind of flinches a little bit, but she nailed it perfectly, so she was okay. a national hero because Olympics. I don't know. It's... I'm with you. It's a dumb thing. I, I, <laughs> but I like how randomly dumb and stupid it is, because why would a 30-year-old gymnast be interested in a 12-year-old boy? Even, why would Bobby think <laughs> this is a thing? And for that, I kind of, I'll just give it the pass and love it. Like, Now, is she actually 30 years old, or was that just Connie being a bitch? I think she would have been, because I feel like she was competing in, like, the early 80s or something. I don't know the... Okay. I don't remember what year it was or anything, but... Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I've heard this story before, and it, it sounds a lot better coming out of Kurt Angle than it does Carrie Strug. But... <laughs> oh. <laughs> that man is an American hero, okay? Oh, man. Better ending to the episode, too, where Bobby just hallucinates that Carrie Strug is his Valentine because he's all monoed out and sick. But instead, it's Kurt yes. Angle, and he just puts him in the ankle lock. And Yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> uh, and, and then the other retro reference rage I've got here is Lethal Weapon. Other than a reboot of a TV show on Fox, like, they haven't made a Lethal Weapon movie in 25, almost 30 years. Okay, fair. So I was like, damn it, Dale, it's a funny joke to make make it that the Lethal Weapon guys kiss, but nobody knows what the hell Lethal Weapon is anymore. Yeah. I but agree. That's what I got... That's what I got for Retro Rage, man. Um, tell me some favorite moments. I got two. Before I do that, what's that movie with the pig? Do you know what they're referencing? I don't. Okay. I have no idea. I assumed it was just some generic-ass rom-com. Like, I, I wasn't even going to waste my time trying to find out. I, I just... Well, now I kind of <laughs> want to know, then. Just a king of the... I can only think of one... I can only think of one pig movie, and that's Babe... Yeah, I don't know. Nah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's not a big deal. I just, I couldn't figure it out, and I don't know. I couldn't find anything either. But it's also only so for the, the King of the Hill wiki. So we we've proven time and again they're unreliable. So, so for the record, yes, the way that this episode needs to end is Bobby having mono hallucinations with Carrie Strug, who mm-hmm. had an injured ankle in mm-hmm. the nineteen ninety six Olympics, and she is getting the ankle angle lock. Okay, <laughs> she was enough. also. 20 she was also 21 years old at the time of airing okay cool so that's a little bit more believable but yeah. not really because 21 year olds should not date 12 year olds bobby's got a thing for them older ladies dude look at marie it's true <laughs> marie <laughs> all right sorry let's do let's do some favorite moments what do you got for me buddy um so i love bobby and joseph standing in front of the lingerie Going yep. like, I want to buy her something fancy, like the wife of a magician would wear. <laughs> yep. It's gr- it's a great line. But my favorite moment of probably the whole episode is when they're going over Hank's Hank's records mm-hmm. and they're talking about all the things he got in trouble for. Oh, yeah. Like, kicked out of class, refused to sing, where have all the flowers gone? <laughs> Qu- told the debate team to, quote, shut the hell up. <laughs> like... 
<laughs> I can just I can just see Hank getting really frustrated at a debate rally and just going, you know what? Shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How about you, man? Dale in this episode is fantastic. Number one, what do you think would happen if we drank over there? Curiosity killed the cat, Dale. I just I love that. <laughs> yep. Um, when Peggy is grilling Hank for the first time, and Dale goes, "You can't trust a thing she says." Gulp, gulp, gulp. <laughs> right. And then finally, I love the. Did you catch the post credit scene? No. Oh, there's a post credit scene of Bobby like watching TV as the pig like unleashes hell in the house and like they're chasing after it and the dog's freaking out and um Maddie's freaking out and Peggy's all mom do not lift that pig it's, I have seen that before yeah. yeah I just didn't watch it this time but then like the very last line is Land going am I supposed to kill this pig <laughs> and, holy shit I cannot think of a better way to end that episode it's great I love that yep. I love that That's so a much yep <laughs> all right you got any you got any final well, thoughts or you just want to rate her buddy let's uh let's get a rating in on this bad boy but i think we need to explain our rating system first mark i think so you want to you want to lay it down for us did you write the freestyle rap that you said you were going to do i i'm not even going to try <laughs> there's a part of me that really wants to show my hubris right now and try but i won't <laughs> I will be hoisted by my own petard. Uh, so our rating system is as follows. At the very bottom of the barrel, the scum of the earth, we have our charcoal rating. These are episodes that they're really not good for anything, and uh, you're never going to rewatch them ever again. You know, you'll watch them once in the whole series, and you're going to skip them every time you watch again. Mm-hmm. After that, we have our megalo rating. That's our bronze Bronze Metal, you know, these are episodes that they've got a couple of good jokes in them, but for the most part, they're just kind of meh. They're fine. They're just episodes of King of the Hill. You don't search them out when you're going through the through the series. Mm-hmm. After that, we've got Butane, our bastard gas of a rating. It is our Silver Metal, our Silver Standard. These are pretty good, decent episodes. Most of them are pretty good. They usually will do some character development. You get to see some really fun stuff. They're not quite the best episodes in the world, but, you know, they've got a lot of memorable moments for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, From there, we have our Charking Imperial rating. This is the gold standard. These are near-perfect episodes. These are the ones that you go back and continually reference over and over and over again, and the ones that you find the best memes out of. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after that, we have our Blue Flame of Valor. These are the absolute best episodes. There's not a single thing wrong with them. You will rewatch them 20 times more than any other episode in the entire series. And uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Mark, you and I have only given out one Blue Flame Valor, Blue Flame of Valor each. I think that's right, yeah. So, they are very sparing. We are 26 episodes in at this point. Damn. And we've only given out one. Oh, man. That's wow. Makes me feel pretty good, man. It makes me feel confident that our our you know we're only gonna have five for the whole series. Makes yeah. me feel like we're gonna hit that. Yeah, I think I I think you might be right with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, what do you what do you what do you rate this bad boy, Mark? Um, I'm gonna give it a butane. It's a fine episode. It's got a lot of good moments. It, it's like you're saying it does establish a good continuity. Um, it also lays down the groundwork that Peggy's insane. We're gonna see Peggy like. I know there's the, like, before and after skydive uh, timeline for King of the Hill that you and I both sort of have. 
But I think this <laughs> right. is the first time where we really get to see that Peggy's just not. She's she's fine. I get it. I understand her like, um, I guess what would you call that motivations and stuff. But man, Peggy is nuts. And yeah, it's fine. I'm glad that we're we're, we're not glad, but we're starting to see it, and it's going to be fun. We're going to get into more of it later on. But yeah, how about you, buddy? Um, I also gave it a butane. Okay. You know, I almost wanted to give it a mega low because. I, the, the Hank and Peggy fights, they can be very good, but the most of them just fall flat. I feel like this one definitely fell flat. Um, Texas City Twister was infinitely more entertaining, and that fight was 30 seconds. Yep. Like, you know. Better fight, too. It, I don't know. It was a better fight, and it had better consequences, and, and, you know, things were a little bit more real. But I will say that they they did their homework, and they made Peggy have a legitimate gripe here. And for me, that, that pushes this... From a megalo into a butane. Okay, okay, good enough. I feel like they they I feel like they worked really hard on getting to that point, and then they made a, a pretty solid, solid rest of the episode for it. Mm-hmm. So, well, you want to move on to the next one, Mark? Oh, I think we could. I think we could definitely move along. We might could do that. Yeah. Um. This is episode twenty-seven. Three days of the condo. <laughs> uh, original air date of. February 15, 1998. Why in the hell did this one premiere after Valentine's Day and not the other one? Like, come on, guys. You're a day there. Like a day ahead of time. Mm-hmm. The hell. Mm-hmm. Eh, is what it is. It is what um, it is. This, it, it just, it is what it is. Uh, this is uh, an episode written by John Altshuler and Dave Krinsky. Um, they are a writing duo. I want to say that Altshuler and Krinsky did a bunch of stuff, not just on King of the Hill, but I see their name a lot, and I watch a lot of King of the Hill, so it may just be that. I think they're they do do a ton of stuff. Yeah, I they they I've looking at their writing credits. A lot of these are very very good. This is their first writing credit for King of the Hill, but they are going to give us such classics as Life in the Fast Lane, Bobby Saga, Bills mm. Are Made to Be Broken. Twas okay. the nut before Christmas. Okay. I'm with Cupid, and a personal favorite of mine. Won't you pee my neighbor? All right. Like these guys are solid. Okay, cool. I, yeah. It's weird. Your solids. I'm like, oh god, I don't want to watch any of those except for Won't you pee my neighbor? Na- won't you pee my neighbor? I love that one, but it's huh. oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. Uh, so. Our cast of characters for Three Days of the Condo is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con, Min, and Connie Supanus and Pone. We have a cameo and only appearance of the Magistrate and the cameo and only appearance of one Jacinto. Yeah. I gotta look up who in the hell these people are. I don't even remember Jacinto. Because they're, they're... He's the guy who owns oh, the, there you go. the yeah. Mita... Yeah, yeah, yeah condo and uh, the magistrate definitely doesn't have like anything yeah, no. like he's not anybody um and jacinto is a paul rodriguez i don't know anyway they're cameos they're yeah. good whatever we can we can have cameos is what it is we can have cameos only mm. appearances i'm sad we don't see the magistrate again in um lupe's revenge lupe's revenge but that would be weird eh, is what it is <laughs> Our synopsis for the episode is Hank and Con take their families on a Mexican vacation with disastrous farcical outcomes. Yep. I think that's it. I'm specifically thinking of, uh, you know, half halfway through that episode when the when the fuzz shows up, I, I lose it. <laughs> I absolutely lose it. Um, 
So we've got uh, an A and a B story in this episode. A story is Hank, Peggy, Con, Dale, and Min. And the B story is Bobby and Connie. Yep. I'm not even going to... I'm. You know, we can do subprime plot B with Luann if you really want to. But hers is like yeah. two scenes. So I don't really want to give it its own story no, yeah. arc. Um, but load us up with some pros, Mark. Oh, I got a lot of pros. My first pro is, hooray, it's this episode. I'm already giving it a Char King. Um... um so uh number one i love the start to this episode with uh con dancing to oh mickey you're so fine oh my god i this is i'm pretty sure the first time in a hot minute and i am so glad oh no and i'm I missed him. I missed him. I really did. Yeah. I think this is the first first uh, opportunity we get to see Khan badly singing, and we get so many more opportunities to see it. Khan is a goddamn songbird, even if it is a song that should not be heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that this is the Hankest that Hank will ever get. Like, we see him doing all these weird little things, and they're just, more than anything, they're just sight gags. Like the dishwasher rack full of tools, because of course Hank yep. Hill washes his dishes in the or washes his tools in the dishwasher, or the like WD forty and then the mini WD forty, or just putting <laughs> WD forty in your bathroom supplies when you go on vacation. Like it's these yep. little things that are I- insane and don't make any sense. But we're gonna see Hank do them, and we're just gonna go, oh yeah, that's cool. That's the thing that Hank does. I'm fine with it. It's just a Hank thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just a Hank thing. Yeah. Um. And then also, Johnny, we have, I think this is our second um, episode of Monsignor Martinez. It is. In the last episode, he had rented the car in the little baby's names and then drove it off the hill. Yep. And in this episode, he is skydiving out of a plane while punching Guile from Street Fighter. I'm pretty sure it's Guile. (laughs) Blonde Commando with the I'm pretty positive. It's Guile, but... (laughs) How about you, buddy? What do you got? Uh, I have that uh, this is our first bad Spanish translation that has consequences. Yes. Because they're asking what mitad means, and it very much means half. And anybody that speaks Spanish would probably know that. I'm sure it's something they teach pretty early on. Yeah. So, like, a basic person, like, first-year Spanish student from high school could tell you that this is what it means. And yet, Peggy's just like, no, it doesn't really uh, translate very well. It doesn't really translate into English. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, the consequence is they're they're both gonna have to stay in the same damn condo if they're not careful. Yeah. So I I like that because we're gonna see a lot of bad Spanish translations that come out of Peggy that have consequences leading up to the penultimate. And I hate that freaking word. I hate using the word penultimate. The like the most perfect example of it with Lupe's Revenge. We've brought this episode up so many times, guys. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a blue flame of valor for both of us. I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Calling my shot. Yep. Um, So I really, I I have one in the middle here that I kind of want, I want to save some time to kind of chew on for a second. Okay. Um, I think that everyone's B story meshing up in the middle is such a good example of what farce is. Yeah. You know, everything is so overblown. Luann is now terrified that she is going to have to give up her makeup that is made out of turtles. Bobby is freaked out because he thinks that the fuzz are there to come get him for trying to blow up one of their monuments. (laughs) Peggy thinks she's a drug mule. (laughs) Peggy thinks she's a drug mule. Like, all of them show up and literally they're like, 
you guys broke in and now you have to pay for this. Yeah. Like, it is the epitome of farce, and I love it. And that's the theater kid in me, man. Absolutely, yeah. This this whole damn episode is so great, Johnny. Like, oh, God. Just... It is it is paced incredibly well. Um, And then the other one I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit is the exchange of conversation that they have at the border uh-huh. and Hank's thoughts on immigration when he's talking to Bobby about how Khan got in the legal way and everything else. <laughs> yep. It is so damn American. And so like this conversation right here is why I laugh at people who say Hank Hill would have voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. We're going there guys. We're going there in this episode. Do it's it. going to get political for a second. Do it. Like, Nope. Hank is, he loves America. He understands that people want to come here. And his reaction of, you know, there's a lot of people that want to come here and we just decided we don't want that many. It's not like I hate them. It's just, there's already a lot of people here. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think it's a very American way to think about, no, we just don't need that many. Like, I don't mind people immigrating into my country, and I'm a true American here. We just can't take everyone. I think that's a very valid thing that everybody, Democrat, Republican, Green Party, freaking Nazis, we should all come together and realize that. Like, you know, you do need limits on this sort of stuff. Well, it's why we're not picking up the Afghanis. Like, that's that's all there is to it, you know? Yeah. Because I haven't heard anything about them ever since their country went back to hell. Like, No. Yeah. And And it's just like, you know... We're not hateful people. We just can't accept absolutely everyone, especially all at once. All at once. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I feel like it was. it's a very appropriate thing for Hank to teach Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then for it to go right into a dig of, well, isn't that how Mr. Khan got it? Nope. He did the normal. He did it the, the legal way. Sometimes <laughs> the system fails us. <laughs> Yep. And I it just I love that because once again it's not him being racist it's him going God I hate my freaking neighbor so damn much. <laughs> so I don't know I, if you have any thoughts on on Hank and and his immigration stuff. I felt like it was a pro in this episode. I think it's fine, and I mean it has to be the way that they set up Hank doing it has to be that way for the ending anyway. So no, I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's appropriate. It does. Yeah, it's very smart. Yeah. What else you got, Well, buddy? I got some cons for this one, okay, too, man. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, lay them on me. Um, I, I know that the whole point of the setup is for the very last bit, but I hate how much of an asshole con is to Hank the entire episode. Oh, man, I know. It's terrible to him. Like, he just, just keeps sticking it to him every single time. Oh, I'm going to get you pulled over while you're at immigration. Oh, I'm going to jimmy open this lock and tell you that, oh, yeah, you could just pop in here. Oh, I'm going to like sit here and tell you I don't know how to swim yeah. just because I don't want to get into the freaking Rio Grande. Like, oh, my God. It's he great, drives though. me nuts. And it it all leads up to the fact that he's the one that helps save Hank and gets him over the border. And Dale's the one that runs off. Uh-huh. Like, I get it. It just it gets too, it's a little too much. But uh, and I want to say their entire conversation as they're driving up to the border and they don't have their IDs, and Khan is in the back. <laughs> yeah. Dale is driving and telling him about Mexican prisons. Yeah. And what's going to happen there and everything else and all yada, yada, yada. And yeah, it's a stressful situation because Hank doesn't have his you know, his, his ID and all this and that. Hank really should know better than to believe Dale on anything, and he totally buys into it, <laughs> which is why he freaks the 
fuck out and runs. Yeah. So I just, it's a con for me because Hank really should know better. He should know better, but we have to give it to him because it's such a great bit. Where are you boys from? Arlen. (laughs) Arlen, Texas. I've been there. Run! It's... But then Hank, too. (laughs) Hank would never run from the cops. Like... No, he wouldn't. He would stand there and, like, calmly explain the situation. Like, I don't know. But, yeah. So, that's what I got for cons, man. How about you? Um, I've got one con. Goddamn, this is the dumbest we ever see Peggy. Like... Fine, but the drug mule thing... And I'm not even talking about Spanish. I just mean the drug mule deal. And yeah, it's it's not, but it's such a dumb moment for her. You know that she's watched this bit on 60 Minutes a thousand times about don't become a mule and all this shit. And I don't like that, but it does lead to one of my favorite moments in the episode of men going, you mule, Peggy Hill. I love that. I love that every time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call the point of order, Mark. Yeah. The only, and I'm not, I don't mean to just totally whiz in your Wheaties here. Whizzing them, buddy. There is, there is literally an episode where she becomes a drug mule. You're telling me that she's not dumber then? Not yet. She's not. <laughs> okay. It, it, up to this point, she has not been this dumb. Yeah. I, will, I will concede that. <laughs> I thought you were saying in all of this. I'm like, no, oh, man, no, no. I mean, on. I mean, up to she so gets far. so much dumber. No, okay. no, no, I mean, I, so far, I, like, I get, o- I can get over the, like, bad Spanish, that makes perfect sense, because that's Peggy, but, like, Peggy isn't this dumb, you know, she wouldn't... She's not. Or, or maybe she she's is, not. because she does feel like she owes the guy for stupid papier-mâché pair or whatever, but, yeah. Other than that, I don't have a lot of cons, um, Bobby's a goddamn sociopath, though, that's a weird moment. <laughs> Where he, he wants to blow up the, the the spaghetti guy? Yeah, because they're, like, looking at stuff. He's like, we're going to make a statement. It's like, Jesus, Bobby, okay. And I guess good on you for not blowing up the ice cream truck, but, gee, I don't know. I mean, his best friend is Dale Gribble's son. True. That's, that's got to rub off somewhere. That's a very, yeah, okay, good enough. Um, <laughs> also, I, would you eat at K-Pasta? Because I would eat the hell out of K-Pasta. I probably would. I want to try Mexican-Italian so bad. So I want to point out something weird in the writing here yeah. for this episode. It makes sense to have Hank, Peggy, Bobby, Luann on this vacation, right? Uh-huh. Makes sense, obviously, for Min, Khan, and Connie to be on the vacation. They're the ones that got the condo. Yeah. Why... Why, if you're going to send an extra person down there, is it just Dale? Because you also already got Luann, so we can't have. It's too true, many, but Luann's. At, we can't have too many people. I don't know. And like Luann is at least part of the family unit. Sure, but there's no way that you could get away with the ending that we have if you have more than one of the guys. Because like Bill's gonna be fat it, pant load. Boomhauer probably bails, like, faster than anything, but Boomhauer bails because he just hooked up with a senorita. Like, right. nah, we just, we gotta get Dale down there. I don't, what I don't know is how Nancy gets her car back, but that's just me. Because they abandoned that thing at the border. Right? But, hey, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, no, and that's the other thing, like, is Nancy and Joseph, like, are they just cool? Like, obviously Nancy's just gonna go and hang out with Redcorn, that's not an issue, but... What the hell is happening with Joseph? Is he just this latchkey kid for three days? We know he is. We already know that. Like, <laughs> both of his parents are inattentive as all hell. Like, they're all right-ish parents, but 
Dude, they just ignore Joseph so much. I don't know. I look at this from the lens that if me and my wife and you and your lady decided we were going to go on a vacation and then our good friend Shane shows up, but doesn't show up with anybody else, <laughs> like I'm going to welcome him there, but I'm also going to be like, dude, you have a family at home. What do you mean you just drove out here for nine hours to hang out with us? Like, that's a little much. It's kind of weird, man. It's also a very Dale thing, though, to drive nine hours to have a free weekend in Mexico. Like, Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Anyway, I just, I figured, I, it's, every time I watch this episode, I think of that. Like, yeah. why is it just Dale? And then he goes and does shit by himself. Like, going to the water park. Yeah, I think that's hilarious. Because we have to have Dale there yeah. to screw it up. Like, Dale's got to be the one that ruins it. and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into favorite moments, Mark, I've got some retro rage. Lay it on me, buddy. I have very little retro rage here. But this one is... <laughs> it can only be... <laughs> it can only proof. be described best... It can only be described best with a Simpsons quote okay. about said retro rage person. It's the only reason I know who this guy is. Okay. Um, Mark, if I told you that old people don't need companionship, they need to be isolated and studied so it can be determined what nutrients they have that might be extracted <laughs> for personal use. Whose pamphlet am I reading? I don't know. Is that the New Republican one? It's Ross Perot. I'll be damned. <laughs> Ross Perot. I don't know who Ross Perot is. I feel like we've talked about him once on this podcast already. And even then, I don't know who this dude is. So why are we referencing him? No one's going to get it. And it's not even as funny as The Simpsons. No. It's, what's the what's the context for Ross Perot? Because I remember it, but why, um, why, is he, why do they mention him? Hold on a second. Sorry. Gonna, not to, take a, a, to call those 800 numbers. Okay, so that's what it was. Um. Yes. I think the okay, so like maybe I think the biggest thing that it might be is that Ross Perot was one of the like the champions of there are still prisoners in Vietnam. There's still POWs. And so like okay. in the eighties and seventies, he personally, because he was an insane millionaire, he flew missions on his own to try and rescue like Vietnamese guy or uh uh POWs in Vietnam. Okay. And he was never successful because it was an insane plan, but maybe that that's the best I can think about is you got to call that 800 Ross Pro number. Like maybe they're trying to like get them back to America or something. Right. But that's literally, that's all I got. I don't know. No, I it's I just remember I'm like I heard I've heard that name Ross Perot and it comes up a lot in, in weird nineties animation. And I just got to figure out why, but yeah, Simpsons quote was too good not to say. No, not at all. No, you're, you're great, buddy. Um, let's hear some favorite moments, bud. Oh, God. Can I pick the whole damn episode? Because the whole damn episode. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna... No, you got a cherry pick. I need a good one. I'm going to share. I've only got two. I'm going to cherry pick two of my favorites. And it's Hank and Khan uh, at the fence. Dale runs and Khan okay. goes back. This this solidifies my point of Khan is Hank's best friend. Even okay. though he treats him like shit. All of Hank's friends treat Hank like shit. But like... Khan is literally risking deportation or whatever the hell could happen to him because I'm sure they don't look kindly on, like, an international trying to sneak back into the country, you know? Um, right. He goes back for Hank. It's great. I love that moment on the fence and he pulls him up like he looks down. And I know that's how they shot it. But also kudos to the animators because it's a well-shot scene. But he reaches down and he pulls him up. 
Welcome to the land of opportunity, Hank. I love that bit. And then I love in the end when they're sure. standing there in the alley and Khan is just dunking on Hank about like, oh, that Garfield, <laughs> he more than a cat. He also a president. It's great. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn all of this, Hillbilly. I love I love all of that. I love I love Khan in this episode and I know that he's a dick, but man, every single moment in here is just fantastic to me. We've gone on a stretch of like four episodes without him now and I'm I'm, I'm missing him like I miss Dale when we don't have Dale. Yeah. But yeah. man, I oh, even yeah. I even miss Khan a little bit more cuz we don't get Dale singing badly. You know what I mean? Yes. Him running the mariachis out with they blinded me with science. It's oh, it's so good. It's it's fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. How about you, buddy? What you got? I got two. Okay. You named one already. Hank using his mini WD-40 to open his big WD-40. Oh, yeah. That is just, it's one of the funniest sight gags I've ever seen, and I love that it gets memed as much as it does on the internet. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Bobby just crying and saying, this tastes like turtles. <laughs> like. <laughs> I love that. I just, I there's no context. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to explain that to somebody, ever. Like, you, no. no matter how hard you try, you can never explain it. You had and to be it, there, oh, it's yeah. Just, it's lovely. <laughs> but like. I think I'm ready to give this uh, a rating, man. How about you? Let's let's rate her, buddy. Um, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, I gave three days of the condo a charking. All right. I thought it was, you know, a very solid episode. It's got hilarious farce, a very memorable meme moment, and, like, like you said... We, we haven't seen Khan in a while, and the ending is kind of what makes the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, what about you, buddy? I'm with you, dude. I'm giving her a Char King. I love this episode. I was excited to watch this episode again. I might go watch this episode again right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. But before I go for my second viewing, I got to ask you, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Sorry, cut you off. I do still like King of the Hill. Now, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, Mark, uh, if you like King of the Hill. I still like King of the Hill. Well, if you guys all like King of the Hill, you definitely can find us at Dang Old Podcast on Twitter or at or Dang Old Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me at KrautBallStream. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in I can't think of anything great, so um, a river? Sure. A river. I think I've done that one already. You have, but it's all right because you didn't say my piss again. The Rio Grande so. River. The Rio Grande. The Rio Grande River. Dude, tell you what, man. Like that, we haven't had any rain lately. That thing is low. It is. It is literally a trickle. You, you nailed it. It's a stream. <laughs> uh, yes. You can find. How about you, Mark? Where can they find you? You can find me at uh, Marky Stardust on Twitter. That's Marky, as in my name with a Y, and Stardust, as in Bowie, David. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Do we have anything else? I think we're good to go. All right. You guys have a great night. Thanks for listening. She blinded me with science. With science. <laughs>